0: You're listening to Talk Birthday to Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelby Propp, and I'm creating a space to talk about infertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Tune in to hear guest interviews and real life experiences from real moms. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited to be talking to Danielle today. If you want to go ahead and kind of introduce yourself. Hi, yes.
1: um, I am Danielle and I am so excited to be here sharing my story today. Uh, my, little, my little girl, She Turns One, um, the week that this podcast is going to be airing, so it's super special to kind of have you know, our story be documented and be able to share it with our family and friends the week of, of her
0: birthday. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to go ahead and kind of jump into your pregnancy? Sure. Um, So I am um,
1: like a very type A person. Um, I like to be like very prepared and very informed about things and way before I deal with something. (laughs) So I probably joined like um, a bunch of pregnancy and um, birth Facebook groups, probably two years or so before like my husband and I even planned on starting a family. So, um, you know, and I really just kind of was like a fly on the wall, listening to what other people were talking about, like learning all the things that I had absolutely no idea what, you know, anything was. <laughs> um, but I felt like that really helped me to just like dive into the that world of pregnancy and birth and, Get an, um, you know, like an understanding of the things that felt right to me and my family and you know, maybe the things that didn't feel right. and then just kind of be able to have the time to explore those those options and make sure that, you know my care providers were gonna be in line with what my preferences were and those kinds of things. So, um, so yeah, so I was a part of groups like that for a long time. Um, but I felt like it it just really helped me. Um, so when my husband and I found out that we were pregnant pretty early on, um, one of the things that we talked about was a doula. So that was actually something that, you know, was like in the groups that I had heard people talking about. Um, so we, you know, like I was a little bit hesitant on having a doula only from the perspective of, you know, would this take away from my husband and I's, you know, experience together during
0: labor and birth. And that's Um, such a common concern also. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And, you know, like I didn't want my husband to feel like I wanted somebody else to be there and that I didn't want him to be the one supporting me. Um, But I knew that I really wanted to have like as physiologic of a birth as possible and knew that. I would need that support. Um, We also you know didn't we didn't want to have other family members in the room so like I didn't want even to like upset my family that I was gonna have a doula. Um, So like we that was definitely something that we talked about but we um, we have like a really great um, doula company where I live and they have like a whole maybe like 10 to 15 doulas on staff and um and they go through and they have like pregnancy um groups that meet once a month for all um doula clients and then they have um you know you have like your doula support as part of the package um your uh birth childbirth course a lactation visit after um. after the baby is born, and a postpartum visit. So we definitely felt like, you know, going with them, we would have that support. But we also, you know, talked with our doula about, you know, just really making sure that my husband and I were kind of the center of that that process and that, you know, we just really wanted to make sure that we got the most out of that experience together, you know, because, you know, when you go through – pregnancy like it it really is and obviously birth like it's so much of the woman you know like who gets to experience everything and I didn't want to leave my husband out of out of that at all
0: um
1: but you know I'm so glad that we went with that decision to to use a doula and you know the the company that we went with um where I live I mean they were just like absolutely incredible um you know like to be honest a lot of the things that they talked about and, you know, taught us like in our childbirth class, or even like the before birth sessions weren't things that were like new to me since I had been doing all of that like prep and research for years, you know, in advance. Um, But I think that it was helpful because like, well, I was doing that prep and research, you know, my husband wasn't doing that, Uh that research. So I think that it was like really good for the two of us to figure out like how to be on the same page and, you know, talk through like the options that, you know, were like best best for us. Um so my pregnancy was <laughs> was pretty um you know straightforward. I was definitely very um nauseous a lot, like probably through consistently I would say through like 22 weeks and then you know kind of tapered off and then came back like towards the end. Um but like besides that, like you know I was I was so appreciative of having the experience to be pregnant, to carry a baby inside my body, to feel my baby. Um, And we actually didn't find out the gender of of our baby. So we waited until birth to do that. So like, it was just so fun to, you know, dream about who this baby was and, you know, like what our life together was going to be as a family. So, like, you know, I would say, like, all in all, like, I I think, like, I had a pretty, pretty easy pregnancy. Um, Another thing that I, you know, kind of learned in the Facebook groups that, you know, really interested me that I wanted to explore during pregnancy was um, hypnobirthing. Um, So, you know, like, I was, you know, like, very into yoga at the time. I don't really have the time for that anymore, but so like breath work and, you know, like mindfulness, like that was all just something that was, you know, second nature to me. Right. So, um, I used, um, the positive birth company, which is, um, based in the UK. And, um, I really loved that course because it's really affordable. Um, I think that like at the time it was like maybe $40. Um, and they really dive into like the science behind hypnobirthing and birth in general. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you really can understand like what the muscles of the uterus are doing and how you can help your body, you know, birth your baby and really that your body knows what to do. Like you Mm -hmm. just kind of have to allow it to be able to do that. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I would say I probably started that around 20 weeks in my pregnancy. And um, I would practice that mostly at night um, before bed. And I would do like the um, relaxation techniques. Um, A lot of times I would do it while I was taking a bath. Um, And I just found that I actually think that like being in bed doing it really made a difference for me because. Like when I got to that point in my labor, it was, I was in a familiar place, you know, like how I had practiced. I was like in the same environment, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I would have like, I had like a room spray that I used, which I brought to my birth. Um, and in that course too, they, you know, teach you about like setting up the environment. So using like, um, you know, any positive informations or, you know, like twinkle lights or like the tea candles, tea light candles, things like that. Um, so that was something else that I did during pregnancy. And then the other thing that I did probably starting around 20 weeks also was I, um, went to see a chiropractor pretty regularly. I, you know, I wasn't feeling uncomfortable really, um, you know, until like right up at the end, Mm -hmm. but I still think that it helped me to continue to feel well. And then I also, I, um, went with a provider who was, spinning baby certified. So I did a lot of the, the daily activities. Um, so I really just tried to prepare my body and my mind to be like set up for the best success to have the birth that I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I knew, so like one of the things that we did during our, um, like doula sessions was we, they gave us like a list of like 15 birth preferences and, um, I think we had to put them like in order of like most important to us to least important to us and they would be things like, you know, having like laboring at home as long as possible, um like not being induced, having a, you know, a drug-free, a drug-free labor, um having immediate skin to skin with the baby afterwards, things like that. So we started with like a group of like these 15 cards, and then, you know, they would say, okay, eliminate five, and then eliminate five until we got down to like five cards left. So, um, my top five were to labor at home for as long as possible, to, um, let's see, labor at home as long as possible. I definitely wanted to have a drug free birth. Um, I knew that I wanted to have delayed cord clamping in skin to immediate skin to skin. I can't recall what the fifth one was, um, possibly like freedom of movement or something like that during my labor. And, um, hi. Hi. so because, you know, like having that, that drug free labor and birth was really important to me. I was really... Ah you know nervous about having to be induced and you know cuz i had just heard so many like stories about that you know like my mom for her first birth um you know was induced with my sister and you know she has told me like my whole life how how difficult that was and how challenging that was mm-hmm. so you know like i just i knew that i i wanted to stay away from that <laughs> if, if possible right um So, um, I guess like starting to get like towards the end of my pregnancy, um, you know, like I, I knew that from, um, talking with my doctors that, um, you know, like if my water had broke that, you know. I probably, like, they probably would recommend being induced. So that was, like, another thing that, like, was constantly, like, on my mind. Um, you know, like, I don't want my water to break. And I don't want, I want to be able to be home for as long as possible. And, you know, all, all of the things. So, um, so at the beginning of October, so my baby was due mid-November. November 16th is my due date. But starting at the beginning of October, I started to like notice that it felt like my baby had dropped um, I was having a lot of lightning crutch which you know I didn't know was even a thing um, <laughs> it's not that, the same thing <laughs> no I mean I remember what walking into target and like shooting up like out of pain or just like not so much pain but it's just like surprise almost too you know and um, and then googling like you know, what i was feeling and they're like "Uh, yeah this is lightning crash," and i was like yep this is exactly the sensation that i'm feeling um so that really probably started like the beginning of october and um you know like i was like full blown like nesting mode at that point um you know my husband and i did a lot of work in our house over that summer we like refinished um hardwood floors in our bedrooms, painted everything, obviously set up, like, the baby's room, and so, like, you know, I went through, like, pretty much, like, every room in my house and cleaned everything Mm -hmm. out, so, like, I was constantly, like, on my feet and, uh, you know, doing things, so it definitely got to the point where, like, you know, my hips were, like, really sore, and I was really feeling, you know all of that especially since the baby had already engaged at that point like I went to a doctor's appointment and they said oh yeah baby's engaged and my chiropractor kind of noted the same thing also i would say probably right around this time last year my sister actually was also pregnant at the same time as me she was due um 7 weeks after me so we had a surprise sprinkle for her and i remember that day just feeling like so tired and just, you know, like so much pain in my hips, like after, after going through the day. And like, I remember my mom, you know, being like, you know, Danielle, aren't you going to like help your sister open the gifts and like take them from her and you know, whatever. And I was like, no, like I got to sit down. (laughs) I can't do this. Um, And then that next, uh, Tuesday. So Tuesday, I think it was October 22nd. I had my first is my 36 week appointment. And I had my first cervical exam. And I knew that, you know, because I, you know, didn't want my water to break prematurely that this was really like the only cervical exam I wanted to have. And just to kind of gauge like where I was, and then I wasn't going to have any more. Um, my husband was going out of town that weekend for a bachelor party. So it was kind of just like a good timing to be able to like, know where I stood. Right. Um, so I was one centimeter dilated, 75% of face and my cervix was already pretty much forward. So the doctor had told us that I probably wasn't going to go into labor over the weekend, but I probably was not going to make it to my due date. <laughs> so, um, that was, like, interesting to hear, but also kind of, like, affirmed how I was feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, we also talked to her at that appointment. Like, I hadn't finished, like, all of my birth preferences at that point. Um, but we talked to her at that appointment about um, not having Pitocin after delivery. And, like, if that was an option, because that is, like, the standard at mm-hmm. the hospital that I knew I was going to be delivering at. So, um, you know, she kind of looked at me like I had a million heads and like, why wouldn't I want that? And almost actually kind of made me feel bad in a way, you know, because like, she pretty much told me like, if I get through having a natural childbirth, like I already have the the badge of having a natural childbirth. So like, why wouldn't I want the toson to help me deliver the placenta, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. And you know, it was like, I just, I trusted in my body and I wanted to give it the opportunity to do what women's bodies are created to do and have been doing for, for a long, long time. Um, so, you know, it was kind of like an uncomfortable situation and, you know, like, I think it kind of put things into perspective for me that, you know, if I was going to have to kind of like really, I guess, fight for what I knew I wanted and didn't want, you know, um, but so my husband went away that weekend, and um, my mom came over and helped me, like, you know, I guess, do my last round of cleaning my house and, and <laughs> finish out the nesting. Like I remember we were organizing my pantry. We hadn't gotten to, you know, finishing that up, apparently. Um, and that weekend, so that was on Saturday again, like my hips or I had just so much pressure in my hips. And, um, you know, I was just just really uncomfortable. And then the next day on Sunday, one of my friends who had um, a three week old baby came over for brunch and, you know, had us meet her baby. And I think like at that point, like, you know, my husband and I really realized like how close we are to having a little newborn baby too. And like, we were just so so excited. Like, I mean, I remember us talking about, you know, all of the things we wanted to do with our baby when, you know, they were here. Um, yeah. And, um, and like, we were just like, so, so ready. Um, so at that point, um, some other things, some other things that like I was doing during my pregnancy is, and I can't recall like when I started this, but I Um, was eating dates and drinking raspberry, red raspberry leaf tea. I think I probably started doing the Mm -hmm. dates before the red raspberry leaf tea, but I can't recall. And I was not bouncing on like the birthing ball yet because like, I was just, you know, I was concerned about my water breaking too early or going into labor too early and the baby, you know, like, you know, just Mm -hmm. being, you know, early. Um, so, um, so i hadn't like been doing any of that but so then the next day was monday and i woke up that morning and i had a stomach ache and i felt like i needed to go to the bathroom and i probably sat on the toilet for about 45 minutes i couldn't go um i definitely wasn't having contractions but i mean it was it felt like gas and just like i guess like sharp pains but like really sharp um and i i mean it was to the point where i was laying on the floor with a heating pad on, you know, and I finally had some relief. Um, My husband worked um, like an hour away on Mondays. So, you know, he was like, should I turn around? Should I come home? And I was like, no, like I don't think I'm in labor, you know? Um, And then the rest of that day was completely fine. So um, that night I started (laughs) bouncing on the birthing ball for the first time and I was finishing up my, my birthing preferences because we had, um, a doctor's appointment the next morning and we had the appointment with my actual OB. So like I go to an OB practice where they have us see all of the OBs because you just never know who you're going to get when you go into labor. Um, so I knew I had my appointment with my actual OB that I've been seeing my entire life. And, um, I just felt comfortable having like the uncomfortable conversations with her about the things that, you know, would kind of go against the standard of care and the things that like I wanted to have that were a little bit different. So I was finishing up those birth preferences and then um, we have two dogs. So we took our dogs for a walk that night and it was just like a really beautiful night. And, you know, we didn't know that it was our last night as I guess a family of four, you know, with our two pups Mm -hmm. at that point. But, um, So, yeah, so that night I went to bed, was feeling totally fine. Um, I rolled over in bed around one o'clock in the morning. Or no, I woke up at one o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom. And that was, you know, totally normal. I was always waking up around that time every (laughs) night to go to the bathroom. And um, so on my way back to my room, I felt a little trickle. And I was a little bit concerned, but it was like so small that I, you know, I definitely did not immediately think that this was my water. Like I thought like, okay, maybe it's some discharge coming out. And I've obviously never been about to go into labor before, so I don't know what could be coming. I did actually have the day that I had my first cervical exam, I had some of the mucus plug come out and a little bit of like the bloody discharge. And I think that I did a couple of days after that too. But I just assumed that it was related to having the cervical exam. Um, So I did have a little bit of discharge in my underwear. So I was like, okay, maybe it's just discharge. I changed my underwear and went back to bed. And then at um, about 4.45 in the morning, I rolled over and I had another trickle. And at that point, I was a little bit like, okay, (laughs) could this be my water? And so I got up and I went to the bathroom and I did not have any discharge in you know my new pair of underwear so I was like I was definitely freaking out a little bit I'm I'm not like the type of person who is good with change mm-hmm. and as much as I was so excited to meet my baby I loved you know being pregnant and just appreciating that you know experience you know like I know that I mean, I don't know in my future if it's not guaranteed to be pregnant again, you know? So I just really valued, valued being pregnant and sharing that time with my baby and being the only one who got to do that. So it was very overwhelming for me, for sure. So I I went back to my room and I, you know, kind of like woke my husband up. I mean, I had told him, um, you know, like earlier during the night when I had had like the first little trickle and he was, you know, like funny. I. he was like in the right mind, even though it was the middle of the night. So he was like, do you, you know, I was like, can you, you know, like I I just needed him to like validate if my underwear was like really wet or not, you know, because like, I just couldn't accept that my water had broken. So (laughs) even though it was clearly wet, I needed somebody else to, to validate it for me. So he's like, do you want me to, touch it or smell it? Because, you know, they taught us in our first <laughs> class that, you know, you have to, you know, document the time that your water that's breaks, amazing. you know, the color, the odor. I can't remember the last one. Um, so, <laughs> so he was like properly thinking that through and I was pretty impressed. <laughs> that is um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he felt it and he's like, yeah, that's, that's soaked. So I was like, okay. So I you know at that point I, I changed my underwear again. I had um, some pads that I um, you know put in my underwear just so that I could kind of see what was going on. Um, I had a um, pregnancy journal that I kept and also like my baby book that I knew there was a spot to write a letter to my baby. so I was like, okay, if my water has broken, then I need to take care of these last couple items before um, before my baby's here. So, so that I started like writing in those at around five o'clock in the morning and my yeah. alarm was set for like five 30 that morning because, um, we had a doctor's appointment at 8am. At so, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be able to fall back asleep <laughs> knowing that this was, this was the start of labor. Um, so I took that time to just like be, you know, like with my baby again, the just just the two of us and write some letters and, um, you know, I got ready. I took, we took like our last, like, we took our 37 week picture um, in front of the crib and everything. And so it was like really nice to kind of like, you know, have some time to like do the things that I wanted to do because um, my water had broke but I was not having any contractions at all. Um, so we went to the doctor's appointment that, that morning. And I mean, I was still kind of in denial a little bit. So I, I mean, I was in my work clothes, wearing my heels. Like, I mean, I, we might, my, my husband and I drove separately. I was ready to go to work because I was still not convinced that my wife <laughs> was broken. <laughs> so, um, so we were probably like a couple minutes from the doctor's appointment and the baby moved, and a lot of water came out with me. Like, I, mean, I <laughs> thought my car seat was going to be completely soaked. So at that point, I was—I knew that my water had broke. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So when we, um, when we went back into the appointment, you know, my husband was, you know, like a little bit more. Um, just like in the right mindset, you know? He was like, her water broke, like, can we just go right back instead of waiting? You know, like, and he even asked like, if she has to give like a urine sample, can we do that now? Like, you know, like he was just like, totally in the right mindset for things and I was definitely not. Um, So my doctor confirmed that, you know, my water had broke um, and told us that like, the new recommendation was that as soon as your water breaks, that you should be induced. So I obviously, you know, I knew that from all of, like the research that I've done and having a doula and, you know, knowing that I didn't want to be induced and what if my water broke and kind of just like exploring what my options were that I did have options, you know. So we talked to my doctor about that. And she had said that, you know, she gave us like some statistics that pretty much like I think it was like 90% of women go into labor on their own after water breaks, after like 12 hours or something like that. Um, So she had said that, you know, I've had a really healthy pregnancy. And if we do a non-stress test and everything looks good with the baby, that she would be comfortable allowing me to go home, figuring out like what we wanted to do, get our bags. I don't think we brought our bags, even though... We clearly knew, I guess my husband clearly knew that my water had broken. Um, So we did that. Um, I remember calling my mom, like, as soon as we left the appointment. And, you know, she had told me that, like, she, after spending that weekend with me, she knew, like, that I wasn't going to make it much longer. And, you know, she was just, like, really excited. And I remember calling my dad and him being so excited and just, um, you know, like, him telling me, how much, like, he, you know, he would be thinking about me and wanted to make sure I was okay. And, you know, I think, like, you don't realize before you're a parent how much, like, <laughs> you, your your parents care about you. You just don't have that perspective. But, you know, like, afterwards, I totally do now. Yeah. Um, so, it was just, like, really special being able to call them and tell them that, you know, my baby was going to be coming. Um, so we went home and we were talking to my doula and we're kind of like you know what can we do to jump start um you know my labor so that i can you know go into labor on my own and i don't need to be induced so she really suggested um using my breast pump and having that like induce my contractions so i was like a little bit apprehensive because like i you know I mean, I've never used a breast pump. I had no idea, like, how to even use it or what it was going to do. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person to, like, not follow, like, rules. Yeah. So, like, to be going against what my doctors were saying to begin with and then doing something that they definitely didn't tell me I should do, you know, I was just nervous about it. But I was so – you know, like I just knew that I wanted to be able to give my body like the the chance to do, do it on its own. That you know, I I gave it a shot. So we probably got home around 9:30 in the morning, and I think I probably started with the breast pump around 10:30. So you know, like by the time I got home, I think we probably ate some breakfast, um, and then just kind of like you know, I was searching like how to even use my breast pump. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, then how to use it to you know you know, do the nipple simulation to induce labor. Um, so I think that I did, um, I think that I did 10 minutes on each side for a total of 20 minutes and it definitely started my contractions like pretty immediately. Um, and they weren't, you know, like awful by any means, but I mean, it was pretty, pretty instantaneous. Um, I was able to make it through 20 minutes that time um, before it was just like too much to handle. Um, My mom actually came over not too long after. Oh, no. So I finished that. And then my husband and I went for a walk. And... um, It was, like, an absolute beautiful fall day, blue skies. It was, like, 72. Um, I mean, I live in western New York, so, you know, fall can be really nice one day, super freezing cold, rainy. (laughs) We've had snowstorms before, so, I mean, like, the weather can be, like, totally all over the place, unpredictable, I mean, it was, like, the picture-perfect day, which my husband and I, our anniversary is actually, um, October 21st, and we had the exact same day as, for our wedding day, so it's just, like, really cool that we yeah. just had, like, this beautiful, picture-perfect day, so we went for a walk, because obviously we knew that that can help with, you know, um, with labor and everything, and just, you know, helping things move along, um, and we collected leaves, um, on our walk and, um, you know, like I had a contraction timer that I was using and my contractions, like with the, using the breast pump, I mean, they threw me into what, what I guess is like considered active labor from the beginning. Um, but they would fizzle out. So I, you know, I was, I was grateful that like I was having them and I knew like my body was ready, but I was also like nervous that they just weren't going to last, you know, like on the walk, they were definitely getting like easier to manage. I mean, I was, you know, obviously breathing through them the whole time, but maybe in the beginning of the walk, I kind of had to like stop and pause every once in a while, but towards like the end of the walk on the way back, you know, I didn't, um, didn't have to do that. Like, I really wasn't having very many contractions. So at that point, I think it was like 1230 in the afternoon. And my mom came over to take our dogs. um, She was going to bring them to her house. Um, And it was, you know, again, really nice to see her. And, um, you know, just like, know that she was going to be thinking of me, even though she wasn't going to be there laboring with me. Um, And then I ate some leftovers for lunch. And I was like, I'm gonna try to get some rest because I really wasn't having contractions. I mean, I would maybe like every 10 to 15 minutes or so, but they were pretty weak and, you know, they were pretty fizzled out from the breast pump at that point.
0: So I think
1: I woke up from from a nap, which I didn't really like sleep too much, but I was definitely just resting, which, um, you know, was helpful but I probably got up around 1:30, and I really wasn't having contractions at that point. So I was like starting to freak out because I was at that like 12 hour mark where they had told me that most women, you know, are like, you know, having contractions on their own at that point. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to use the breast pump again and see what happens. So I, I could only manage five minutes aside. That time, and I don't even know if I lasted five minutes on the other side, like on the second side, and I definitely <laughs> couldn't do them at the same time. Uh-huh. I could only do one side at a time. Um, so it was like this time using the breast pump was much more intense, and the contractions were much closer together. Um, it was like really special and cool because like I was actually using the breast pump in my baby's room in the nursery. So like I was laboring in, in that room, um, which was like crazy when I came home and found like everything, like my breast pump still out and <laughs> like it immediately made me cry. <laughs> um, but it was just like really cool. And it's still really cool. Like thinking about like mm-hmm. my baby's birth started like in, in that room. Yeah. Yeah. So um I remember like having to get on the floor. Like I was in the rocking chair um, you know, like when I was doing the breast pump, but I had to get on the floor to lay down because the contractions were just so strong and, and my app would tell me like you're an established labor, like it's time to go to the hospital. Um and so like I had to call my husband up and I, you know, I told him like I need you to hold my hand, like I just need you to hold my hand you know, be there to support me, help breathe with me. Um, And, you know, I think that he started to see like, okay, you know, she doesn't seem like she's doing great. Like maybe we should go to the hospital. But I was just really nervous because the first time the breast, using the breast pump, the contractions fizzled out. So I Mm -hmm. expected that to happen again. And I could tell, you know, over time that they were starting to fizzle out. So, you -hmm. know, I was like, you know, I, Mm I, You know, I don't, I don't want to go to the hospital and then have them induce me, you know, so like, actually, while we were in there, you know, having contractions, they called me and they're like, pretty much told me that they're looking for me and wondering where I am. And since I didn't pick up, they're assuming that I was on the way. And I was like, well, I think that was around like 3.30. So, um, I eventually agreed. I was like, okay, you know, let's go to the hospital. You know, at that point, you know, it was you know, a little bit over 12 hours. Um, but, um, so we kind of got, got our stuff together. And it's funny because earlier in the day, my husband was like, you know, if we're going to go to the hospital, I want to go to the hospital early enough in the day. So we're not driving through rush hour traffic. And I'm pretty sure we got into the car and it was like four fifty six, So like <laughs> we were going to be in traffic, but we actually didn't end up hitting any, but, um, So we got to the hospital and I didn't have to go through triage because they had confirmed my water had already broken my doctor's appointment in the morning (laughs) and, um, but it still took a long time. And I was, you know, even though my contractions had definitely fizzled out from where I was like needing his support when we were back at home, they were still uncomfortable. Um, but I think that they were just like a little bit less intense and, you know, a little further apart, Mm -hmm. but I'm actually thankful that they weren't, to the le- same level of intensity as they were, you know, like when I was in the nursery because I couldn't imagine being in the car. Yeah. And, and like, having to sit on my butt, like, having that pain. Cause I don't know if, if this is normal, but I could tell when my contractions were coming because I could feel them, like, in my butt. Like, I know mm-hmm. that sounds weird, but no, you- so I don't know if that's just how it was for me or if that's how it is for, like, I'll, I'll – You know, women when they're when they're laboring. But that's where I felt them. So I could not imagine um like being in a car sitting on my butt having that those intense contractions. Um and I was kind of having like the same feelings as like I was, you know, we were waiting to get like chucked into our room because um we were sitting on like a bench and I couldn't sit. Like I just couldn't sit down. So um We eventually got into our room and, you know, they ask you a a million questions about things. And I think it was probably around like 630 before I had like my first cervical check. And I was three centimeters and I think that I was 100% effaced at that point. So I was shocked, but they actually told me that because my body had progressed since the morning that they were going to give me some time at the hospital to see what happened um, before talking about inducing me. So I was seriously like totally shocked that, that that happened and so relieved. And I think that that actually helped to progress my labor Mm -hmm. once I was at the hospital, because I wasn't fearful of, what could happen you know like i just kind of was at the point of like letting it happen so at around 6:45 my husband like went out to the car to get like his sleeping bag and some of like our other stuff and even though like i you know we had told my my parents um that you know we didn't we would let them know when we wanted them to come to the hospital they were still they were getting there so my mom was getting there and my dad was driving separately so he was on his way and um You know, my mom, my mom stayed there the whole time. And my dad stayed there almost the whole time. My, my aunt stayed there, came after work. And it was just really nice knowing that that they were there. Um, so by about 745, um, you know, my, well, my husband had come back from the car and he like set up the room with like my twinkle lights and the tea lights and everything. Um, he might've actually done that before he went to the car. I think he did. Cause I took some pictures like of the room and, you know, as I like, texted my family, but um, by 7:45, I was saying that I needed to get into the bathtub because, you know, like I knew I had practiced like a lot of my breathing and relaxation techniques. And I knew that I wanted to get in the water and like really utilize that as um, like a comfort measure. So I got in the tub at 7:45, and it was just like instant relief. Like it felt amazing. Um, like my husband took a picture of me in the tub. I mean, I was smiling <laughs> and I mean, before I got in the tub, I was definitely not smiling. <laughs> um, so it was, it's like such an incredible difference that it made. Um, but that really only lasted for probably, like, an hour because, again, I I couldn't handle, like, being on my bottom. Just, like, the pressure and the intensity of the contractions, like, that's where they were. So, I couldn't be on my back and be on my bottom. So, um, at that point, you know, I think I was checked again around then because they could tell that, like, you know, things, things were going. You know, like, I was acting differently. Mm-hmm. And I was around five centimeters at that point. Um, so then, you know, we, my husband had called our doula and was pretty much like, you know, you can come anytime. Like she's definitely progressing. Um, you know, they had told us that they didn't think that my baby was going to be here until like eight o'clock the next morning. Um, like when they first checked me and, you know, after knowing like how I was progressing during the day, but like I said, like after getting there and, you know, having them tell me that they weren't going to induce me right away, I think just really allowed my body to relax and, and just start doing it on its own. Yeah. Um, so, um, by probably like nine 15, I was like begging for the doula to be there because I just, I mean, I just kept saying, I cannot do this. Like I can't do it. Like I was, I was, it was very, very intense. And like, you know, it's not even so much that it's painful. It's just the, it's so intense. Like, I don't know like a better way to describe it. So my husband was like, you know, he was being great and telling me like, you can do this. Like you are doing it, you know, but like I, you know, had felt like, you know, I was laboring all day and not progressing. And I just felt like I was going to be feeling like this for a long time, you know, especially since they told me that it was going to be like, you know, 12 more hours before they thought my baby was going to be here. He encouraged me to get out of the tub. And um, because I really couldn't handle that pressure, like on my bottom, I straddled the toilet. And that did help. But having like, but moving like, you know, they had kind of warned us that moving and changing positions, like you will feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like for a few rounds of contractions. And I definitely did. And I was still like, just out of control with my breathing and my mindset, you know, that like, I just felt like I couldn't do it. So my doula got there, um, like as I was straddling the toilet. And she was doing like counter pressure on my hips, which did and didn't really help. Like it would help for like a couple seconds, and then it just didn't matter, you know what I mean, like, the, the intensity of the contraction was just so, so much, um, so, um again, you know, I was just saying, like, I can't do this, like, I, like, talk to me about, like, what my options for, you know, pain, pain management are, because, you know, at that point, like, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like okay, give me an epidural, but it wasn't. But I just wanted to know like what else I could try. I knew I could do, um, you know, gas and air at my hospital, um, so I knew that was an option. And obviously, they had some other, some other things that we could do. But she said, you know, she could tell that by how I was acting that I was progressing and that I was far along. So she really encouraged me to be checked one more time before i decided to have any yeah. kind of medicine so they checked me and i just had an interior reflect of the uh of the cervix so so yeah so i was uh i mean i was basically just about there fully yeah. dilated so once that once they told me that i realized i didn't have 12 hours left of laboring and of just that intensity. And I actually was just like totally able to be able to relax. So like I was in bed at that point because I just did um, the exam. And um, so like I was back into that like familiar, comfortable place where I was practicing my hypnobirthing my whole pregnancy. Yeah. And so that really, really helped me. And, you know, like I think that I heard so much during my my pregnancy and even like the education that I did before that, you know, to not be on your back in the bed, you know, like that's not the place that you should be. Um, but really, you know, like it's just about like having the freedom to do what feels good for your body. Um, so for me and how I had practiced, you know, my, my relaxation and my breathing, like once I got centered back into that place, I was I mean, I was sleeping in between the contractions and my body was just resting. And even though I was like, you know, fully dilated at that point, which I think was around like 1030, maybe. Um, so again, from like 745 or so when I got to the hospital and they did the check at 645 to, you know, 1045, I went from three centimeters, you know, wet seven, seven centimeters. So it was a lot fast, like, especially if ha- after having nothing all day long even though I was like fully dilated at that point, it was a while before I pushed because my body was just resting, regaining the energy again, just knew exactly what to do. Right. Um, It knew that I needed, needed that energy to, to push my baby out. So um, as part of like my hypnobirthing class, like, you know, they taught the difference between um, you know, the breathing, like during dilation and the breathing during pushing. And also just like, again, like what the muscles do, um, you know, like when you're dilating, all the muscles of the uterus are building at the top. And then during pushing, they put, you know, are actively pushing the baby out and your body can do it on its own. So, <clears throat> you know, like my doula and the, the nurse had said, you know, like you'll, They said like, you know, you'll know when it's time to push because you'll feel like you have to go to the bathroom. I didn't really necessarily feel that. But um, again, like that is where my contractions started building from. Um, But I had like the first time my body started like involuntarily pushing on its own. I was a little bit freaked out. I was like, oh man, like this is it. Like this, this is the start of it. Like I knew it was different. Like I just gave like the like audible, like, uh, noise because like my body, like I just couldn't control it. Like it was doing it on its own. Um, so I would say that I probably started pushing maybe around like 11, 15, 30 11, ish between then. Um, and it took me like a few, few contractions to figure out like, how I guess to to work with my body um because there was definitely like a difference between you know pushing and then my body pushing and Uh like working with my body um so I remember like you know my doc like the the OB wasn't even in the room but my husband says like the nurse was like pushing the button like repeatedly (laughs) for them to like come in fast you know um and everybody was like in the room and they're like, Oh, I wonder what day this baby's going to be born on. Cause it was like 11:57, And I was like, this baby is being born. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so, um, so again, like we didn't know this, the, the gender of the baby. So I was like, not thinking about it at all, like during labor by any means, but I knew that, um, you know, my husband and I, we wanted like him to be able to announce the gender to me. Um, So I did reach down and like feel the baby's head as, as it was crowning and, um, which was strange for sure. And and I go back and forth on like thinking like, should I have asked for a mirror so I could watch it? You know, like I just wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. I think that if I would have, would have done it, like I would have so appreciated, you know, appreciated that I did. Um but still like, I, I mean, I don't look back and like think like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that by any means. But, um, so I kind of gave like one big final push and the baby was born and, um, my husband told me to meet Amelia. So we had a little girl, which was, um, you know, really special because we actually decided to spell her name, um, E-M-I-L-I-A. So my maiden name, um, is Emiliano. So it's, You know spelled after my family name and while i was pregnant so two months before she was born um my grandfather who was the Emiliano, passed away so it was just like super super special um and just felt like totally meant to be and i know that if i had a little boy like it would have totally felt meant to be too but it was just you know kind of like it was just really special Mm -hmm. um and i just remember thinking like how tiny she was. Like, so I was 37 weeks. So, you know, I was, I was a little bit early. Um, And I mean, I've seen smaller babies. Like my sister had her baby seven weeks early. So, I mean, he was really small, um, her first baby. And, um, but I mean, you just, you don't appreciate it until like it's your baby and they're like laying on your chest yeah um so oh my gosh it was just like the absolute most incredible special moment of my life and my husband is just like he is kind of like the the type who is doesn't like show his emotions but like you can tell by his actions like how he feels and what you know the things he does so he I mean like within seconds he had whipped out the he had shirts like proud new dad it's a boy proud new dad it's a girl and he had the shirt on he took his shirt off and had that on I mean it was just so like our first picture together I mean it was literally like 12:03 oh, a.m you know so like minutes after she was born and he already had the shirt on <laughs> um, and like even you know he was just like so again of the right mind like when it came to like the delayed cord clamping you know like he wanted to make sure like enough time had passed like i was okay with it being cut at that point and mm-hmm. you know because my i wasn't i wasn't thinking clear like exactly. that so um, you know, I was just so appreciative of of his support and you know, like looking back on it, having a doula definitely did not take away from my husband and I's laboring experience together by any means. Yeah. yeah. Um so we um we were like in the you know, the same room for probably like two hours before we moved to like the recovery room. Um and you know, we breastfed in that room for the first time, which is you know, being a first time mom, I had absolutely no idea what to do, even though like, you know, I took a breastfeeding course, but still had absolutely no idea what I was doing, right. was not prepared for the fact that, um, you know, it, it hurt. You know, I didn't know that like, the, the like after birth contractions, you know, were, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard about them, but I didn't And didn't even know to like appreciate that they were gonna be that that Uh bad. Um, I did. um, My doctors did allow me to deliver the placenta naturally. Um, So like you know, all of the things that I wanted to have, like those five things that were the most important birth preferences to me, I ended up being able to have all of them. Like even though I was so worried, like that my water had broke, like. like it just worked out absolutely perfectly. And, um, you know, we went down to our recovery room, and my mom and my aunt were still there. So we had brought um, a book to read to my baby. So before they came in the room to meet her, like my husband read the book to her because I knew that there was no way that I would be able to handle it. But it actually was on the night you were born. So it was just perfect that <laughs> she was born at night. Um, And, um, and I'm like the kind of person who like totally believes in signs and things. So like that day when I was laboring in her room, there was a ladybug on her window and in the book, like it talks about, you know, the ladybug lands and decides to stay. Um, so it was just like really, really cool and really special. And then, you know, like having my mom and my aunt come, come to meet her was really special. Um, you know, my husband's parents, they live in, um, out of town out of state. So we called and FaceTimed them. Um and it was just so special to be able to like just share such a happy moment with people who care so much about you. And my dad had left um the hospital before probably like an hour before she was born. Um so I called and I and I FaceTimed him also and told him her name and he was just like so touched. Um and it was just like just it's just so cool. Like how much people are excited and happy for you and being able to share that for you. Like my sister, so my mom and my aunt probably left the hospital at like 3 AM and my sister is a teacher. So she had told me that she was going to um, come at seven o'clock the next morning. And we thought she was coming um, like before school, but she actually took the day off, but she was just so excited. She came So early. So we, you know, of course got like no sleep. But it was just so perfect to be able to to share that with her. And she brought us breakfast. Um and she's like such a happy, bubbly person. So it was so awesome to like have her have her there to experience it with. And um, and then again, you know, she's pregnant. She well, she was pregnant at the time and she knew she was having a girl. So it's just so special that we both, you know, have girls who are gonna be, you know, a couple months apart from each other. Um so, yeah so like the the time in the hospital was um, very tiring <laughs> for sure um, breastfeeding um, breastfeeding was definitely hard um, I felt like I just could not get a deep enough latch mm-hmm. um, and that's something that we struggled Hi. with for a long for a long time I would say probably like six weeks postpartum. Um, and, you know, they would say that your baby has a good latch. It looks like she has a great latch, but it just didn't feel right for me, and um, and that was really hard. So like when we had gone home, it was super emotional. You know, like I remember walking into my house and going up up to her room to grab the boppy. Yeah. And then just coming down and being like completely wet, <laughs> you know. My husband comes in and he's like, "I've been gone for like two seconds. Like, what happened? <laughs> what <could've> um, happened?" <laughs> yeah, but it's just so overwhelming, you know. Going going home and being there with your baby. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um. But yeah, so like, I mean, I remember like the first couple of nights. Just, again, just being in that, like, having so much pain, breastfeeding, feeling like, you know, like, I was just totally torn apart. And my husband actually went out, um, at the middle of the night one night to get, um, like, some Epsom salt because, like, I had read that you can, like, use the Haka to, like, give some, like, relief that way. Um, and he, you know, went out and got nipple shields, but, like, I was so like apprehensive about using them because I didn't want to have to figure out how to lean my baby off the nipple shield. Um, and I was definitely like in that mode, I was back to like the the mindset of like I had to follow the rules of what <laughs> you should should uh-huh. do. Um and I think that like I I mean I have ended up in a good place like with it but i think that i could have made it easier on myself and i'm sure that my husband probably had tried to make <laughs> help me make it easier on myself but you know i just i didn't i didn't spend the amount of time researching postpartum and breastfeeding as i did pregnancy and birth and I just felt like I had no idea like where to go for resources, even though like I had a postpartum visit with my doula, I had a lactation consultant. They came like when she was a couple days old and did a weighted feed. And I mean, she was, I mean, she was back up to her birth weight, like at our first pediatrician appointment, like she was clearly getting milk and, you know, but it was just painful and she just had that shallow latch. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But, you know, like this misconception that, breastfeeding is natural. And so this is just something that happens and that's, that can happen. Absolutely. But that's also right. very far from what happens for a lot of moms. Yes.
1: I mean, we are definitely at the point now where it's supernatural. I yeah. mean, my baby, like, I mean, she nurses, literally she'll nurse upside down. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's just funny like how far we've come, but I definitely felt like I did not prepare myself for postpartum. I mean, even like something as simple as preparing foods for myself. Like my yep. husband had really encouraged me to do that during pregnancy, but I had had a lot of food aversions during my pregnancy and making like quick meals or like soups and freezing them. I didn't want to eat those then. So I didn't know if I would want to eat them afterwards. And I mean, even now, almost a year postpartum, there are still some things that, you know, I just don't care to eat anymore. Um, But like, that would have been really nice and really convenient. I mean, my my in-laws came up when my baby was three weeks old. And um, my mother-in-law made um, a ton of like foods for us to keep in the freezer. And at that point, like I was definitely feeling better and I was so thankful that we had stuff. Um, I mean, that made like a huge difference in mean, my, my mom would bring us food. Um, you know, like just like having the support from the people who are close to you did make a difference afterwards. My husband was just like absolutely incredible. I mean, we, um, you know like the the support with breastfeeding you know and just like really encouraging me that like we could do it and we'd figure it out and that he believed in me and just knowing that he knew i could figure it out was really important um <laughs> and um and just like you know he i mean we You know, I was exclusively breastfeeding. I wasn't pumping or, you know, supplementing in any way. So, um, you know, I obviously did all the night feeds, but he would get up and she didn't want to be in the bassinet at all. So um, (laughs) we would take turns and shifts holding her, Mm -hmm. um, you know, while she would sleep probably like almost two weeks. And, you know, I would do like two back-to-back where – I would get up, feed, hold her, feed again, and then he would take over. Um, so, I mean, like, he would get maybe, like, four-hour sleep stretches, and I would get, like, two baby. That was another thing that I did not know is, like, your baby feeds every two hours or so, two to three hours, but it takes, like, an hour to feed your baby at that point because they they're not efficient. You don't know what you're doing. They get so sleepy. So by the time you get your baby down, you know, after you feed them and change them, maybe you're really only getting like an hour or 45 minutes of sleep at a time. And that is really hard. You know, like, I mean, it's just hard for a body to function on that little yeah. of sleep. So, I mean, like I would probably get, you know, in the first couple of weeks, like five to six hours of total sleep a night, which isn't awful, but it was all broken up and all in really short stretches, which was hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I remember, you know, being up, like rocking her in her rocking chair in her room and just thinking like, how am I not going to fall asleep while I'm holding her? And like, that scared me so much that I was gonna fall asleep, she was gonna fall out of my arms, I would wake up, and what would I what would I find, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely really scary. Um, you know, I think that one thing like that um, you know, has actually like really come out of postpartum is that my husband and I, I think we actually communicate like much better now. Um, you know, like and I think we just know how to support each other better because like we went through this like big life-changing event together you know um and i kind of also went through like this big life-changing event where like i i never thought that i wouldn't want to go back to work after i had her um but that totally changed afterwards like i just couldn't leave her and it it was you know a lot for us to like figure that out together you know but i mean i am like so happy and i feel like my mental health is like the best it's ever been in my life and he sees that and and you know he just supports what makes me happy and just having having that and knowing that i have him to depend on and to you know be in my corner and listen to me has made like all of the difference in like in postpartum and in raising my baby, but just also in our relationship together. So it's been like, it has just been, it's been really great. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the time flies by so fast. Like that's something that was really hard for me early postpartum. Like I was very overwhelmed early postpartum with all of the emotions and like, oh my God, I have this little baby. Oh my gosh. I love her so much. Um, Oh my god, she's changing so fast! Like, how can I, like, like take in all of these moments before they like slip away? You know, and it's not yeah. that like I was not excited for the next phase or what she was going to do next or you know whatever, but it just it all happens so fast that, and especially in those early days where you're just like trying to get through the day, and the days go by so fast. Like I remember, like I get to the end of the day. And I'd be like, "Oh my god, another day has gone by. Like mm-hmm. my day with her is over. Like, and then it would happen again. And you just see the days flying by. And that was like really, really overwhelming to me. And I, it probably didn't get better. I mean, clearly, I <laughs> probably am <laughs> not doing great with it still. Um, but I don't think it got better until she was like out of that, like." really little newborn phase where the growth like starts to like level out a little bit um but emotionally that was really hard again I'm really bad at change so like it's really hard for me me specifically but also I you know I just you don't people always tell you like time flies and you know take in every moment with your kids but you just don't know until you have a baby Mm -hmm. so like that would have been helpful to to know and like honestly I think that You know, in my doula classes, like, they did tell us some of these things, but I was so focused, you're so focused on getting through labor and birth that you have, like, these blinders on to postpartum and preparing for postpartum Mm -hmm. and preparing for how to feed your baby, um, that it's just, like, you know, like, you... Like, people probably did tell me, like, this is going right. to be hard, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't, I
0: don't think you can necessarily understand, like, the weight of some of those things until, right. like, you're looking at your child and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, you don't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, You know? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, I remember taking, like, a million videos of, like, when, <laughs> you know, she would do, like, the hands, like, the moral reflex, because I was so sad when that was going to go away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like all of those little things. Like, I mean, the first night I put her in her crib, like, that was that was a lot to handle. Yeah, it's all just it just all is a lot to handle. So, it like, is. the emotional aspect of it is is a lot.
0: Yeah, it's, for it's, sure. It's, it um, what would be some of your best advice to give to soon to be? <laughs> um, I would
1: definitely say, um, you know, doing that time like, taking that time to prepare for postpartum, and really just, like, having, like, building that foundation and support system so that if you need it, it's there for you, you know, like, knowing where to turn, like, I went to, um, like, a breastfeeding support group every, every week, right, probably, I mean, up until COVID, so, I mean, so she was, like, four or five months old, And, like, that was really helpful, just, like, hearing other people's experiences, knowing that I was not alone. Like, everybody else was feeling these things and going through these things and having a hard time breastfeeding their baby. Like, so that is huge. Like, I would definitely say, like, look in your area, see what resources there are out there. Um, I mean, like, the breastfeeding support groups that I went to, like, it was a small, like, $3 donation that you would – like, it's not expensive. It's not, like, this big thing. They would even say like, if you can't pay, like, just come like, you know, like it's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is definitely really, really big and really important. I mean, I would say like, if you can, like stomach thinking about foods to prepare for postpartum, I would do that because like, you definitely just don't have the time. Right. Um, I, there were definitely days like the day my milk came in, I probably did not eat enough and I felt awful. Um, and you know, like you just, you're so focused on taking care of a baby. You're not focused on taking care of yourself. So if you can have a lot of those things like taken care of in, in advance, like that, you know, is just like really, really good. Um, and then also I would just say like anything you can do to like prepare expectations with your, your husband, um, you know, like have a plan for, like, what you'll do overnight, um, you know, anything like that would be, be helpful. I mean, if there are, like, I know that there are, like, post postpartum courses out there, like, you know, take something like that. Like, I know that there was one, they have, like, a postpartum pack from the Positive Birth Company. I didn't purchase that. I probably should have. Um, so, like, there are definitely resources and things like mm-hmm. that. So I would say take advantage of those. And I mean, even if you're, I'm normally the type of person who would prefer to be like way over prepared. So like having, not having the information I think was probably like harder for me to deal with than like the actual things I was going through. Like, I mean, I was, I was so happy. Like I didn't, I was, you know, lucky like that I wasn't dealing with postpartum depression or anxiety. Um but I was just so overwhelmed with how fast my baby was changing,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like the lack of sleep um, that that, and and not knowing how to breastfeed my baby, those were like the big things that were really overwhelming to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree, and I'm a huge advocate for preparing for postpartum because, like you said, everybody prepares for birth and labor, and they know about that. But nobody really goes, like, the other step to postpartum, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, that can be a complete game changer in your postpartum. Um, So, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that. Um, Since this is going to air on her birthday, is there anything special that you wanted to say? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make me cry, apparently. (laughs)
1: Um, I mean, I definitely want to say how much I... I mean, man, being a mama and, you know, just having her in my life has changed me for the better. And, um, I mean, even just beyond her and all the experiences that we've had together and how excited I am for her future, like I really am, um, and just the things that we'll learn and grow and experience together. I mean, this year wouldn't have been possible without my husband and just his support and his love and I mean I am so lucky and honored to be going through you know parenting with him and um he's just been the absolute best so I love I absolutely love love him and love my baby girl and I'm so excited to see where where this journey brings us
0: awesome well, thank you so much for coming on. And I wish that all of our listeners could see her because she's absolutely adorable <laughs> that she's been waiting for you this she whole time. <laughs> you say bye, Amelia. Bye. <laughs> 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 awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. For more information on today's podcast, to find my online birth courses, virtual and local services, or to support an episode, please go to www.talkbirthytomepodcast.com or follow me on any social media outlet at talkbirthy.podcast. To join our community, go to at modern.mama.society. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen. And thank you for all the support. It means the world to me to have you here with me.